the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Mississippi Republican Senator Roger Wicker says it may be time for the United States to deal a crippling blow to Iran's oil infrastructure. Well, that would hit them in the pocketbook, and and uh, clearly we've de- been doing exactly the opposite uh, for uh, the entire three years of this Biden term. I mean, we, we actually billions of dollars have uh, uh, flowed in, into their pocket. Senator Wicker interviewed this week by the Salem Radio Network. Tesla recalling nearly all of the vehicles it has sold in the United States because some warning lights on the instrument panel are too small to read. Safety regulators say the recall will be done with an online software update. Agency says the brake, park, and anti-lock brake warning lights have a smaller font size. This is SRN News. This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Former President Donald Trump is indicted yet again. Senator Tom Cotton. I think it's another politicized prosecution that's more befitting of a third world banana republic than our great country. Join us for our program and sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Every Saturday evening at 7 and Sunday nights at 11, here on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. How would you like to have a trip of a lifetime with Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Mike Gallagher? It's the Patriot Alaska Cruise. Just visit our website, am1280thepatriot.com, and from there, click on the Patriot Alaska Cruise banner so you can book your trip today. It's the Patriot Alaska Cruise with Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Mike Gallagher at am1280thepatriot.com. From the Patriot Studios, tonight's low, around 27 degrees. Sunday, mostly sunny, high in the mid-40s. Monday, partly sunny, high nearing 50 Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Berg. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy institutional blue, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot. My name, Mitch Berg, the headliner edition. New guy, Jack Tomzak, coming up in an hour, 3 o'clock. Uh, Brad Carlson, the closers, tomorrow, uh, 1 to 3 here on AM 12A, The Patriot. Of course, can't forget, charter member of the Narn, King Banyan, uh, over on our sister station, 18, AM 1440, The Businessman, talking about economics every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 together. Eight hours of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, red meat conservative talk in a vegan metro area. So I I took a ding at politics right there. I I pointed out some differences across the political divide. Now, there are a few issues out there at which one might think everyone would agree. For example, 
It's hard to imagine anyone anywhere within a day's drive of the mainstream on any side of the political aisle having anything to say uh, good about child pornography. In fact, one would think that everyone is completely agreed on the need to eradicate child pornography and those who traffic in it. And in fact, it's fair to say that the Eighth Amendment probably forecloses what most of the rest of the world would like to do with those who are involved in the business on the production and distribution side. However, if you think that leads to a useful, necessarily an on-point response to the issue, well, you're probably a little more Pollyannish than you would like to be on the issue. And with us to discuss that is our next guest, Maureen Flatley, uh, talking about some of the efforts in Congress to uh, shall I say, address the issue? Maureen Flatley, welcome to the Northern Alliance. Hey, Mitch. Good to be with you. Great to have you here. Now you have a little bit of background on this issue. I was reading your blurb uh, from our friend Liz Mayer on the subject here. You go back mm-hmm. a bit on the whole issue of, of child safety yeah. and, and legislation. Tell us a little bit about your bona fides, Maureen. Well, my father was an FBI agent who worked for the Senate Racketeering Committee for many years, um, developing testimony against organized crime and mob guys. Um, I worked for him for 15 years and then went off and started concentrating on kids' issues. But I come at it with much more of a law enforcement perspective than the average person. I'm not a social worker. I'm not a lawyer. I'm a mom. I'm a grandmother. And um, so I've spent almost, at this point, almost 40 years studying this issue, looking at what needs to happen. And I think we're at a real crossroads right now. Yeah, it sounds like now there is uh, on the on the good news side, I should say good news on the good PR side. There's a bunch of legislation moving around and and among the crowd that thinks passing bills equals progress. Well, it all looks good. You uh, in the in the blurb I got about the subject here. It sounds like there's five bits and pieces of legislation that are wending their way through Congress right now. And mm-hmm. as you are well know, there's a crowd of people out there who think legislation equals progress. Uh, tell us a little bit about what uh, the, the current response is before we get into where the problem with it is, Marine Right. Well, this is one of those times, Mitch, where if most of those bills pass, we aren't going to lay a hand on this problem because what most of those bills fail to address is the gaping hole in law enforcement. So basically, Congress has had 15 years to build a world-class child exploitation prevention system. 15 years ago, Congress passed in a, in a broad bipartisan package something called the PROTECT Act, which would have built an infrastructure that connected state and local law enforcement with all the national and international resources. So, so basically, really focusing on the front lines of this problem, municipal police departments, sheriff's departments, state police. But unfortunately, in the past 15 years, Congress hasn't bothered to make sure that that law was really implemented. And so as a result, we have virtually no really meaningful law enforcement response. So just to to give you an idea, so there were 32 million cyber tips last year. Now, I'm not really a super big critic of the tech companies because they're the only reporters of this material. And so I was at the hearing last week where they were, you know, vilified and criticized, but I really felt that in a lot of ways it was Congress evading their responsibility because no one else is reporting this material. But of the 32 million cyber tips that they report every year, 
only a tiny number of them receive any kind of scrutiny, any kind of law enforcement examination. And I think it's fair to say that very few people actually get arrested and go to jail yeah. for exploiting children. So yeah. I feel like we are looking at a bunch of bills that would kind of nibble around the edges of this problem, but really not move the needle. So there is one bill called the Invest in Child Safety Act that I love. Um, Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick from Pennsylvania, who's a former FBI agent, is one of the lead sponsors of that bill. And what that bill would do is take the foundation that the PROTECT Act created 15 years ago, modernize the bill, modernize the program, fund it, and um, really create a law enforcement infrastructure that was focused on this. I was reading a a piece um, that was written by a former Justice Department official a few days ago talking about the generally falling conviction rates across all the different categories of crime. And, of course, you know, my dad was an FBI agent, so I know a lot about this stuff. Child exploitation isn't even on the priority list. Wow. And so when when we think about it, if you're not making it a priority and you're not investing in it, you're really not solving the problem. And one of the things about this that's sort of interesting is that I love working with the Taxpayers Protection Alliance and we had an op-ed uh, together last week in the National Review Online that talks about how this is one of those times when spending some government money is actually going to save a lot of money. But when you go back to the, the point of those bills that you mentioned before, none of these bills, with the exception of the Invest in Child Safety Act, has anything to do with building law enforcement responses. It's, you know, they're designed to punish the tech companies. They're designed to create liability for the tech companies. To that, I say... These are private companies that have, as a result of their mandated reporting requirement, been the only source of information about this. It's kind of like um, blaming a bank for being robbed. and Blaming and someone for calling 911. I mean, yeah, you, you, you call to report the crimes. You're the exactly. one who's getting in trouble. Yeah. Exactly. You know, they want to they expose the tech companies to liability. Now, here's what I'm here to tell you about that. When you talk about unintended consequences, when you talk about a slippery slope, when you start to expose mandated reporters to liability, you're talking about your pastor could be sued for reporting serious child abuse. Teachers, psychologists. Teacher. But here's the kicker. Gun manufacturers have liability, are are immune from liability. So if we remove the tech companies liability. Who do you, what do you think is the next place they're going to go? So this business of focusing on liability when they're not even arresting and convicting the criminals seems to me to be deeply misguided. So uh, Maureen, I want to come back to, to, to that and the law and the, the response that you would like to see, because clearly uh, punishing the messenger for bringing the message seems at the very least counterproductive and, and full of, let's just say, unintended consequences. Let's be let's be Pollyannish here. So, uh, well, let's, you say Congress has had 15 years since the Protect Act was passed. I remember that when that mm-hmm. was passed, it was after a, mm-hmm. a rash of high-profile crimes, uh, and, and right. one would think that tightening the, the the circle around child pornographers and, and human traffickers would be about as controversial and hard to pass in Washington as, I don't know, re- resolutions about the cutest puppy picture. I mean, just... <laughs> exactly. or, or, or maybe Amy Klobuchar's uh, uh, casserole hot dish contest every year in, in the Senate. I mean, mm-hmm. that sort of mm-hmm. thing. 
and yet they, you said they wasted 15 years. How how did they waste 15 years on something that literally everyone in America agrees on 1,000% marine flatly? Well, I mean, this is kind of a bigger problem in the sense that um, Congress passes not that many bills to begin with, and in some ways that's probably good. Most of a the time, A very small yeah. number of the bills that are introduced every year actually achieve passage. But there have been a number of bills related to kids. There's another uh, one called the Family First Act that was passed in 2017 that was designed to help keep families together, help foster parents keep their kids in stable situations, help adopt the parents who had adopted kids with various kinds of trauma. Uh, this is a very powerful bill. Um, like the uh, PROTECT Act, it had a fair amount of spending. And now we're looking at that bill hasn't really been implemented. So this is kind of a bigger problem. But you would think that when you start talking about child exploitation, that we could sort of bump this up on the list of things to do. Seems like and a no-brainer. In, I mean, I'm a huge oversight hawk. And when I think about how much money is involved, when I think about how um, – the cost to victims, I've done a lot of work with victims, Mitch, and I can tell you right now that no amount of money from a lawsuit is going to make them whole. And more importantly, how horrible is it to let them think that their predators may still be out there floating around victimizing other people? And the other thing I wanted to mention, because there's an even bigger irony here. So Meta has become sort of the uh, target of everybody's wrath, right? And, um, you know, poor Mark Zuckerberg uh, got crucified the other day. It was just horrible. Never thought I'd feel sorry for the little fella, but it's a a wonderful country, yeah. (laughs) Me too. So here's the thing. 42 states are now suing Meadow, alleging that they have done all these various horrendous things to children. Here's the irony. Almost all of those states have been sued for their poor child welfare performance. So for instance, one of the allegations, I think it's in the California complaint, don't quote me, um, is that Meta is monetizing the kids' um, identifying information without their parents' permission. Yeah. Well, guess, guess what most states are doing? If the child enters foster care and that child is eligible for Social Security survivor benefits or disability benefits, when they're in foster care, the state takes that money with no one's permission. Uh, And the kids never see it. And most kids age out of foster care completely destitute. So when we look at the performance of all these states that are suing META and all this outrage is directed at META, You know, I said to a staffer the other day when I was in Washington, you know, I would love to see the day when you guys call, well, let's say the Justice Department officials to account for their failure to adequately implement the PROTECT Act. Or, more importantly, where are the hearings castigating the governors who are running child welfare systems that are literally killing kids and, you know, like cricket? So... 
you know, on the one hand, I understand the concern that people have about technology companies. Yep. But in the world that I live in, which has involved being immersed in this issue for many, many years and looking at it from an oversight perspective, I can tell you that um, all of this sort of faux outrage that Congress has directed at the tech companies is um, a little disingenuous. And misplaced, perhaps. Maureen, we have to take a quick break. Sorry, we'll come back to that. I also want to come back on uh, to what's going on in Congress and what should be going on in Congress and ideally what you and I can do about it. 651-289-4488 is the number to call, by the way, if you have questions or comments from Maureen Flatley about what Congress is doing and should be doing and isn't doing about... The least controversial topics in America. Northern Alliance for Child Pornography and Trafficking. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Thank goodness for the Eighth Amendment, I guess. We'll be right back. What is dedication? I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. We all know that aches and pains come with simply getting older, but it doesn't mean you have to accept it. That's why I want to tell you about a special lady, Leah from Ohio, and her relief factor story. One Sunday, Leah was sitting on the couch in so much pain, she was literally in tears. That's when she decided to try Relief Factor. Just eight days later, she found relief, and she continued to get better and better. To quote her, she said, I am truly amazed at this product. Like me, who after nine, almost ten years, almost a decade of low back pain, lost that pain thanks to Relief Factor. If you're living with aches and pain, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, could help you feel and live better every day. Get the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. It all comes with a feel-better-or-your-money-back guarantee. That number, 1-800-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. I'm having a really hard time lately, and I'm worried no one will understand what I'm going through. I feel so alone. I wish there was somebody I could talk to. If you're looking for support, Mental Health Minnesota is here for you, with connections to others who have also struggled with their mental health and can provide support and resources. Services are anonymous, confidential, free of charge, and open seven days a week. Connect today at MentalHealthMN.org or call 855-HERE-FOR-MN today. Sponsored by Mental Health Minnesota, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association. Association and this station. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's Pragertopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. Pregatopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pregatopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, Pregatopia Unlimited. Go to Pregatopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. 
turning on your favorite ministry, or catching your favorite talk show. These are just a couple of reasons more than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio monthly. Visit dependonam.com to help keep AM radio in vehicles for the next generation. AM 12A, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call. This is the NARN, the best and longest-running conservative talk show in Twin Cities radio history. Join myself, Brad, Jack, King Banyan for the NARN every Saturday from 1 to 5, Sundays from 1 to 3, and, of course, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman, Saturday mornings, 9 to 11, 651-289-4488, the number to call. We are talking with Maureen Flatley about Congress's efforts to address... Uh, child pornography and child exploitation, all of its mirrored, disgusting forms here. We have a phone call. Let's go to Minneapolis. Joe, you are on the line with Maureen Flatley. Go right ahead. Great. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Maureen, for the great work that you're doing. And um, I would like to respond to something you said a little bit earlier, Mitch, about that you thought both sides of the aisle, you know, no one is, um, you know, in favor of child pornography. And to me, that sounds a bit naive, and I'll explain why. Um when you watch these uh, these videos on uh, <clears throat> Facebook and the like of school board meetings, and none of these people on the school boards are doing anything about the concerns that the parents have about they they shut the parents down when they're reading you know the filth that's actually allowed in the classroom, and how can it not be that these children are that there are efforts by some not all but by some the sexualization of children what is what is the end game for them um, there's there's obviously a huge market here but I don't see people. Dennis Prager made a very good comment, well, as he does a lot of times, a couple of weeks ago when he said, if you are not fighting evil, you are helping evil. It's one of those things where I think it was Louis Brandeis who asked for the definition of obscenity, and he said, uh, I, I, I probably got the wrong uh, jurist there, but uh, I don't know. I can't define obscenity, but I know it when I see it. I, I mean, when I see there, it. Yeah, there are so many different shades of obscenity and filth and disagreeableness and outright pornography, exploitation, trafficking. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's a broad scale and you have to draw the line somewhere. And there's, and there's a little matter of what part is free speech and what part is actionable exploitation of children. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's a, that's a whole nother question. Honestly, I don't know if we have time to to try and arbitrate that. Go ahead. Uh, it was Justice Potter Stewart who said that actually in 1964. Um, Joe, it's an interesting point you bring up. And in a sort of a general sense, something that I would caution people about with tremendous concern is that the government makes a lousy parent. And as we've seen with the child welfare system, and we've seen how the child welfare system has torn families apart when when the government gets involved in making decisions that belong really much more appropriately to parents, the thing about a lot of these bills that alarmed me was that they encroach on parental rights. And defending parental rights is actually how I got into this issue from the standpoint of my advocacy. So, you know, I think if if you look at the foster care system in any state, and, you know, Minnesota is as good a place to start as any. Oh, yeah. um, And you start to think about any any bill that says your child can't do this or can't do that or has to provide your personal information, 
So it's a very slippery slope. And one of the things, and this is one of the reasons I really want to focus in terms of legislative activity on the law enforcement side, because, you know, the real work here is being done by your local sheriff's departments, by your state police. Obviously, you need some kind of federal law enforcement involvement because this stuff is almost always interstate activity. But at the end of the day, as soon as we start letting the government decide, you know, when when can your child go online? Well, you know, what's next? When? How often can you take your kid to church? Um, you know, who gets to make those decisions? So I think that although I understand the impulse that some folks have to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we should do that, you know, whatever that overreaching thing is, yeah. I'm telling you right now, we do not want to create a digital family police force that reflects the one that we've had in the real world for a long time. If you're one of the people who was complaining about the government forcing your children to have an experimental vaccine, just to pick an example out of the clear blue sky, you might want to be just a tad circumspect about demanding more government control over over things that are matters of individual. 100%. Absolutely. I mean, really, at the end of the day, Mitch, and I'm a mom, and I have two kids, six stepchildren, I've got 17 grandchildren. We tightly control what those kids have access to. And ultimately, the vast majority of risk can be mitigated by parents. And that's who should be making these decisions. And they have to become a lot better informed and uh, more motivated to do it because uh, it's not the same world that it was when well, e- even our kids were coming up in a lot of cases. Exactly. And and I would say that, you know, when I, you know, when people ask me, well, what do you recommend we do? Number one, we have to fully implement the PROTECT Act. It was a good bill. It's it's existing law. We can start working on that problem this afternoon. We don't have to wait for bill passage and implementation and all the time it will take to, you know, deal with court challenges. So we've got to implement the PROTECT Act. It's existing law. So, yeah, absolutely. So uh, looking at the investment, I'll say, yeah, but finally, digital family education is going to be really important. And, and that's something that we really want to promote. So I wanted to talk on three things when we when we originally booked this interview here. and We've kind of gotten through one, maybe one and a third of them here. I mean, the first is what has been wrong with the approach to this issue over this last number of decades here, going back 15 years to the passage of the Protect Act and even before. Number two, what should be done? You've touched on a little bit of that. I want to go into a little mm-hmm. more detail. And finally, what can we do? Why are we reaching out to the public to, to, to move the ball in this mm-hmm. issue? we got about four, three and a half minutes to go here. So sure, uh, you, sure. You, you've hinted it. But what, what is the, the right approach to take to, to uh, turning the ship on this issue, a Marine Flatley? Well, this isn't a technology problem, Mitch. This is a crime problem. Yeah. And so we need to have police arresting people. <laughs> I mean, yes. I hate to oversimplify <laughs> it, but really it's that simple. And then when it comes to sort of cultural education, I always say you can pass the perfect bill tomorrow. But if we don't uh, sort of educate society and get people engaged, I mean, this is a perfect opportunity for schools and churches and others to provide, I call it digital driver's ed. You wouldn't let your kid drive a car without taking driver's ed, right? Right. And I think that this is one of those things where with very little government involvement, um, communities can come together to make sure that both kids and parents understand what the risks are, what the responsibilities are. And at the end of the day, and you know, I know my kids don't sit down to a device unless we give it to them. So yeah. 
there's a lot a lot more parental involvement is uh, in most respects the the front line of defense in terms of prevention. But at the end of the day, not a tech problem. It's a crime problem. We have to help our local police departments. We have to help our local sheriff's departments. We have to help our state police. They are doing amazing work. But when you think about all those 32 million cyber tips, a tiny, I mean, probably less than 5%, maybe even less than that, of perpetrators are actually being arrested and convicted. Think about that. That is amazing. And by the way, 5% is higher than I would figure for a number like that, but it's still yeah. amazingly, amazingly yeah. low number. So what should be done? Absolutely. So, uh, so parental, and by the way, you're absolutely right. Turning this from shooting the messenger to going after the criminals. has so many parallels. I mean, here in the Twin Cities, we had a, a na- yeah. nationally famous carjacking problem for uh, a number of mm-hmm. years there. And, and didn't we didn't start turning the tide on that until the feds came in and started arresting people for carjacking and sending them up, up on federal charges here. Uh, God knows our county attorney's useless at it, but the feds have some tools, <laughs> apparently, so and some resolve. So what, other than teaching our kids and grandkids, mm-hmm. uh, what else do I mean? Who, who are the people that need to get leaned on in the minute we have remaining here? Who are the people that, that need? Congress. Congress, Congress all of them. needs to, con- every single one of them, on both sides of the aisle, they need to engage in meaningful oversight. They need to get the PROTECT Act fully implemented. The Government Accountability Office issued a report that is scathing about the lack of focus in terms of implementation of that really good law. We've lost 15 years wow. of protecting kids because Congress didn't do their job. Then stop fooling around with all these little bills that purport to do various things that have nothing to do with fighting crimes. This is a crime problem. Pass the Invest in Child Safety Act. And that's it in a nutshell. I mean, I think those, if we're not even paying attention to this, if it's not even on the priority list for the Justice Department, how in the world are we expecting any progress? So Absolutely. it needs to become a priority. Maureen Flatley, by the way, if I could ask a, a tiny favor of you, if it occurs to you, could you send the link to that report to our mutual friend Liz and she can have her oh, people yeah, sit totally. through? Oh, I would love to see that because I do write about this stuff all week long. Sure. Ma- Maureen Flatley, it has been a pleasure. Please, please have our mutual friend Liz keep me updated on this sort of stuff. She's great at that. I, I will. would love She's to a see dear more. friend. Absolutely. Likewise, we could way back. I would love to uh, talk more about this mm-hmm. issue as developed. Well, develop. So thank you Any, so much for your time. Anytime. Absolutely. All right, Mitch. Have a great day. Thank you, you so much. This was fun. You as well. And it has been. Thank you. Maureen Flatley, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, when she says contact your legislator, that means do it. Get out there. Uh, Amy, uh, Amy Klobuchar, Tina Smith, uh, they can yap about something other than casseroles, hot dishes, excuse me, for a bit here. It won't kill them. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot. Two segments to go, meaning the fun is just beginning. This is Dennis Prager. I am excited to announce the all-new PragerTopia Plus. You can listen to my show whenever it's convenient for you, all commercial-free and all on demand. Now with Prager Plus, search topics, guests, and segments all the way back to 2010. And now a truly exciting new benefit, my monthly online video get-together for PragerTopia Plus members only. This is where for an hour each month, PragerTopia Plus members get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. That's right, anything. 
It's on video. I'll be talking to you and answering your questions. We may even have a special guest every now and then. I've never done this. Submit your questions for me at PragerTopia.com. This is only available to PragerTopia Plus members. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. This is Dennis Prager. I am excited to announce the all-new PragerTopia Plus. You can listen to my show whenever it's convenient for you, all commercial-free and all on demand. Now with Prager Plus, search topics, guests, and segments all the way back to 2010. And now a truly exciting new benefit, my monthly online video get-together for PragerTopia Plus members only. This is where for an hour each month, PragerTopia Plus members get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. That's right, anything. It's on video. I'll be talking to you and answering your questions. We may even have a special guest every now and then. I've never done this. Submit your questions for me at PragerTopia.com. This is only available to PragerTopia Plus members. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. What is your healing power? Maybe your healing power is helping veterans with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depression, anxiety, or loneliness. Is your healing power a simple heartfelt letter or being a volunteer? It is estimated that over half a million current warfighters will return from service diagnosed with PTSD, and 22 veterans will commit suicide every day. Our veterans have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. At HealVets.org, you can find out more about the healing power of pen pals, volunteers, therapy kits, and more. Discover your healing power at HealVets.org. Help Heal Veterans, together with you, has been helping one recovering veteran at a time. We are helping veterans heal together. What is your healing power? To find out about your power, visit HealVets.org. This PSA is sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. AM 12A, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call. Join us, won't you please? By the way, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you tune in for uh, the mobile app. I mean, this is where we'd love to have you join us because not only can you get live access to all of our programs, but when we have appearances, say by Dennis Prager or, or whoever comes to town, you get some special spiffs, like your questions get to the front of the queue. So go to the AM 12A The Patriot app. Get all the cool stuff, none of the bad stuff. And by the way, your data stays with the people who aren't going to sell it. That's exactly what you want, right? Of course it is. We were just talking about controlling your data, controlling your digital access. This helps. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot. However, if you want to use old-fashioned social media, 651-289-4488, the number to call. To join us, Jack Tom's that coming up in about a half an hour here. So we talked about this last week uh, briefly, and I was talking about it all week on the blog because the story just keeps on going. Ilhan Omar gave a speech uh, to a Somali audience, and she, she gave it in Somali. Now people say, hey, talk in English. Well, I mean, she's talking to a Somali audience. It makes good sense. I mean, Dan Crenshaw does speeches in, in Spanish, 
as do, by the way, many of our Hispanic conservative legislators, because their audience heavily speaks Spanish. And by the way, it was not that long ago when you would have uh, politicians speaking other languages in front of crowds of people who spoke that language. I mean, my native North Dakota, for a long, until not that long ago, it was useful for politi- uh, politicians to know a little bit of German, uh, especially, especially German-Russian. It's a long story, but a mix of German and Russian, very, very prevalent in North Dakota. Uh, it, it wasn't that long ago, uh, not more than 100 years ago, when it was a real good thing for politicians in Minnesota to speak German, Swedish, and Norwegian. John Volstead, uh, one of the more prominent congressmen uh, from Minnesota in the 19-teens, the person who drew up the Volstead Act, which, yeah, gave us prohibition, native of Norway, certainly didn't hurt him dealing with the voters in his district. So that's no I have no problem with the spanking Somali. Uh, by the way, you had other people say, hey, deport her. No, she's a citizen. One of the benefits of being a citizen is you can't be deported. You can be put in jail if you commit a crime serious enough. That's what due process is. But you can't be deported. There was a time when being banished from your society was basically a death sentence uh, that cast you adrift in the world without anybody to support you in any way, shape, or form. And that time wasn't that long ago. Uh, This is something that is not legal for you to do to an American citizen, even a naturalized American citizen, even a naturalized American citizen that says things you disagree with terribly. Okay, so with that out of the way, Ilhan Omar gave a speech to a Somali audience that has gotten some flack. It's been in all the papers. Well, no, it hasn't been in all the papers. It's been in uh, up until midweek last week. It was um, it was you had to go to the London Daily Mail or maybe the New York Post to find out anything about it because the Twin Cities media will never cover anything remotely non-flattering about Ilhan Omar. They just won't. She, for some reason, is their human Barbie dream house. Anyway, but the strip did finally cover it. Well, sort of, kind of. I mean, coverage is kind of out of the question. The, the strip posted a, quote, fact check, end quote, of the conservative response to Representative Omar. Now, there's less in the fact check than meets the eye, but it really does cling closely to Representative Omar's claim that the translation that was in the original video, which I posted several times on my blog at shotinthedark.info, is ambiguous or just plain wrong. Now, I will meet her halfway on this. You heard it here first. I'm meeting Ilhan Omar halfway on, on, on this issue potentially, and there's a big if to that coming up in a moment. This is a discussion I've had or tried to have with some other local media figures. For some reason, they won't go near it. At any rate, I speak English. Obviously, I'm a born native English speaker. I speak German pretty well. I'm not going to say I'm fluent, but when when I'm in Germany, nobody guesses that I'm a Yank first guess out anyway. At least they didn't. They usually guess I'm Dutch or Belgian or something. I've got a pretty good accent, provided you're in northwest Germany. Anyway, this this speaks to my point. I speak a little Norwegian, too. When I was in Norway, I was was ordering food and and getting directions by the end of the trip. I, I I get around okay in Norwegian. Now, the thing is, not bragging it up here, but I will tell you this. Translating from other languages... Is, has a lot of ambiguity built in. There's a lot of ambiguity. Different words can mean different things. 
uh, dialect, accent, level of education, regional dialects all enter into it. You can get a lot of ambiguity into what should be a fairly simple trans, uh, transact, uh, translation. And the Strib claims that's what happened. And by the way, we're going to come back to that. Omar, uh, this is quoting the Strib, and I quote, fact check. Omar's office pointed to a more accurate translation of her speech posted online. A Strib reporter who speaks Somali listened to the speech and reviewed the transcript and found it matched Omar's actual comments. It said, quote, my answer was the U.S. government will do what we tell the U.S. government to do. We as Somalis should have that confidence in ourselves. We live in this country. We pay taxes in this country. It's a country where one of our own sits in Congress. As long as I'm in Congress, no one will take Somali's seat. This is about a territorial squabble between Eritrea and Somaliland. Uh, as the United States will not support other people to rob us. Rest assured, Minnesotans, the woman you sent to Congress is aware uh, of you and has some the same interest as you. Uh, by the way, the translation now under dispute, says the Strib, said the U.S. government will only do what Somalians in the U.S. tell them to do. They will do what we want and nothing else. They must follow our orders, and this is how we will safeguard the interest of Somalia. Together, we will protect the interests of Somalia. Now, one of those statements sounds a whole lot more iffy than the other. I mean, what she's saying, according to the Strib's translation, is that that the, the Somali community has influence, uh, that and that Somalis should have confidence that their representative, their girl in D.C., is going to be representing for them. Still, one thing she, I mean, two points I have here. Number one, she doesn't really quibble about the fact that she said. I mean, neither translation quibbles about the fact she said the U.S. government will do what we tell the U.S. government to do. Now, she may have been oversimplifying due governmental process. That's possible. It Again, language is full of ambiguities. If you, <laughs> for starters, I mean, just a simple example that I, I love to throw out there. When you hear a German say, das macht meine Nase voll, literally what they're saying is, that makes my nose full. Now, you may think, well, you got sinus problem, you got a bad cold. No, it's a German term for that makes me angry. If you take a literal translation or even a not especially informed translation or just just don't know that particular idiom, you might think somebody's talking about having a sinus infection rather than being upset about something. That's a that's a big clumsy example, but probably not that much different than than dueling translations of a language that, by the way, has a lot less syntactic vocabulary and structural commonality with English than German does. Translating German into English is fraught with all sorts of, of differences in shades of meaning and, and, and the like. And, and from Somali, which is not even closely related to any European language whatsoever, much more so. But she did say that she was in there to influence U.S. policy on one side. I mean, that nobody confl- uh, nobody argues with the idea that whatever translation you pick, she's saying, I'm here to put my finger on the scale on this international issue on the side of all you Somalis out here, which is her right to do. I mean, she's elected to represent her district, and and let's be honest, she's going to represent her biggest single constituency, white progressives. Okay, her second biggest single constituency, 
Somali Americans. Uh, The idea that she, well, first of all, it's the Senate that handles foreign relations, not the House, but that's fine. She has a First Amendment right to speak up on behalf of uh, the interest of her faction of this particular international conflict in the Horn of Africa. That's absolutely true. If she's saying, I'm going to be putting my finger on the scale to make sure Somali interests win out over other interests, it's certainly worth discussing. It's certainly worth making sure that the people in her district know what was said. By the way, it'd certainly be worth uh, worth it for the Eritrean minority, which is smaller than the Somali minority, but certainly uh, not insignificant. The Kenyan, Eritrean, and uh, other uh, minorities in the Twin Cities and in the 5th Congressional District to know what Ilhan Omar is on about, which is, by the way, something the Star Tribune is not going to do. They're not going to open their their golden girl up to that kind of second guessing. No. Anyway, I'll meet the Strib and Representative Omar halfway. There is some linguistic ambiguity that might well have tripped up the first approach. But not being a native speaker of Somali, I couldn't tell you. The Strib has a native Somali speaker on staff who was able to give us one impression of that. Is there anyone else on this issue who might have a native understanding of Somali and has spoken on this? Why? Yes, yes. A woman named Rhoda Elmi, who apparently is a Swedish citizen, but like a lot of the elite of the Somali government, has gone back to the old, by the way, including the current president, who spent much of his life in the Twin Cities. Uh, Rhoda Elmi is her name. She's the deputy finance minister. And she, presumably a fluent, if not native speaker of Somali, was the one who broke the initial story. Quote, we were profoundly surprised, even shocked, on discovering the remarks made by Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, Democrat of Minneapolis, in a recent public forum widely circulated. The language she employed was regrettably uh, imprecise. And, uh, and, and and so I mean, it was a long piece. It's a shot in the dark that info I've posted several times. Rhoda Elmi's translation. I, I, what is this, chopped liver? I, the Star Tribune, I've asked a number of media figures, is... Is the contention here that Rhoda Elmi's translation or the speech that she heard wrong? Is her interpretation of what was wrong as a native or at least fluent speaker of Somali more right or more wrong, less right, more wrong than than that of the Star Tribune's employee? Oddly enough, I've gotten absolutely no response on this. I'll have to stay on this over the coming week. 651-289-4488, the number to call. One more segment to go. Ergo, the fun is just beginning. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. If you can snap your fingers, you can find this radio station. The next time you want to listen to us, your smartphone is now your smart radio. We're always on. It's as simple as this. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. That's play the Patriot Minneapolis. Have you filed for disability benefits but were denied by the Social Security Administration? Or do you need to apply and are overwhelmed with paperwork? Are you between the ages of 50 and 63 and can no longer work because of an illness or injury? 
thousands of hardworking Americans are in your situation. They file for disability benefits and are unnecessarily denied their much-needed benefit check. Call now for a no-obligation, free evaluation. We can help you nearly double your chances of approval and get your benefit checks faster. We understand the physical, emotional, and financial impact. We'll share our insider expertise and help you get your disability claim filed and paid immediately. There is a time limit to apply, so call right now. Operators are standing by to help you. 800-296-1553. 800-296-1553. That's 800-296-1553. We all know that aches and pains come with simply getting older, but it doesn't mean you have to accept it. That's why I want to tell you about a special lady, Leah from Ohio, and her Relief Factor story. One Sunday, Leah was sitting on the couch in so much pain, she was literally in tears. That's when she decided to try Relief Factor. Just eight days later, she found relief, and she continued to get better and better. To quote her, she said, I am truly amazed at this product. Like me, who after nine, almost ten years, almost a decade of low back pain, lost that pain thanks to Relief Factor. If you're living with aches and pains, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, could help you feel and live better every day. Get the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. It all comes with a feel-better-or-your-money-back guarantee. That number, 1-800-4-RELIEF. relieffactor.com. Did you know that the Patriot mobile app can do more than just stream your favorite shows? Here's cool feature number one. You can set an alarm on our app that will automatically start streaming the Patriot at whatever time you decide. It's easy. Just open the menu in the upper left-hand corner, select Alarm, and choose a time. You can set it to wake you up in the morning with Hugh Hewitt or any of your favorite hosts. Download the free AM 1280 The Patriot app today. GodTube.com. Inspiration, comedy, music, faith, and fun. Get the best of GodTube every morning and start your day with a smile. Great faith-based videos sent to your inbox daily when you subscribe at GodTube.com, a division of Salem Media Group. AM 12A, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488, the number to call. By the way, yes, today is the anniversary, I believe the 65th anniversary of the so-called Day of the Music Died. Of course, uh, the big bopper, Richie Valens, and of course, Buddy Holly, who you just heard there, who, by the way, did I didn't know this until recently, did the original version of I Fought the Law, uh, a song that I was introduced to by The Clash in junior high and then found out about Bobby Fuller, who had the big hit. At any rate, by the day the music died, I wrote about him yesterday at Shot in the Dark to Info, his influence on how popular music was done, intensely overrated. So many of the things that, that led to what became the norm in popular music uh, after the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the Kinks and the Who came to America, stuff that actually Buddy Holly paved the trail on here. Uh, uh, so I will direct you to shotinthedark.info uh, yesterday afternoon for the story on the subject here. That's right. So, by the way, speaking of music, my band Elephant in the Room, nothing tonight. Having a well-earned weekend off after last week at Excelsior Brewing. Had a blast out there. We're going to be out there again three weeks from tonight, February 24th. Elephant in the Room at Excelsior Brewing in, well, Excelsior. Uh, looking forward to seeing a whole bunch of you from the Western Subs out there. We had a gas out there last week. 
Next week, well, the uh, the the change in schedule here at the Narn, by the way, Holes for Heroes, our annual ice fishing uh, charity event for uh, with in conjunction with uh, Fishing for Life, is canceled because well. There's no ice, so no ice fishing, or at least the ice that's out there is like individual flows, and you don't want to be out there with an ice house or an auger or really with you at all because it's more like walking around an old-fashioned uh, on the ice cubes, but not as fun because you don't fall into an old-fashioned when you fall off. Good Lord, I've gone down a rabbit hole. Anyway, next week, I'll be uh, not having to race from Holes of Heroes down to Owatonna at the American Legion in Owatonna, where Elephant in the Room is, 7 to 10 at the Owatonna Legion uh, next Saturday night. If you're in the greater southern metro or within a day's drive of it, just start driving Friday night. Join us in Owatonna Saturday from 7 to 11. And, of course, two weeks after that, we are out at uh, Excelsior Brewing again, leading up to a busy march for the band, 651-289-4488. Talking about travel, one of the, the DFL's big pet plans is to connect the state with high-speed rail. Now, uh, the, the last legislative session passed a study, I believe, or at least some seed money to start talk about a, quote, high-speed rail program that would uh, take people from the Twin Cities to Duluth in slightly less time, hypothetically, than you can do it in a car. Thus, not doing nothing, by the way, about uh, saving the time you need to get to the train station, get checked in get on the train, wait for the inevitably late train because have you been on Amtrak lately? Uh, anyway, and then actually find yourself a ride to get where you're going in Duluth, uh, presumably cabs, ride share, public transportation. That's what they're thinking about. So, And by the way, spend a lot more money doing it because, I don't know, unless you drive a 18-wheeler, a, uh, a trip in a modestly economical car to Duluth, in a car costs a lot less in gas than a train ticket will cost, even under the rosiest of the DFL's predictions. And by the way, they're talking about doing the same thing to Rochester, because apparently what you need if you need urgent medical care is to get on a train that will crawl you down to Rochester at about the same speed that you could drive on your own schedule and not have to worry about getting a ride from the train station to Mayo. Uh, But... You think that's bad enough? And by the way, this is the same group of people that have uh, already gone a billion dollars, more than a billion dollars over budget building. Can I stress this enough? A 10-mile stretch of track from downtown to Eden Prairie. 10 miles. Not 100, not 150, 10 miles. Now, granted, it's through a thriving part of, well, currently thriving part of the south and west suburbs, which is part of the problem. They have to build, build around the people with the political clout who don't want to have a train running through their backyard. Literally, they had to dig a tunnel under the posh parts of Kenwood. Point being, we this plan, that was this rail line that was supposed to originally cost the already obscene amount of $1.5 billion, I, I've wagered a shiny new quarter a few weeks ago, is, current, uh, is going to be over $3 billion. Currently, the official estimate is two point eight five, which means it's going to be 3 I mean, let's just call it call it what it is here. But it's not crazy enough yet. No, no, no. As of today, uh, this came out uh, today in the Star Tribune. Civic leaders are seeking, <sighs> civic leaders, God help us, more of them, seeking $2 million from the Met Council to study a possible, quote, hyperloop vacuum tunnel to whisk people between the Twin Cities and Rochester in 15 minutes. That sounds 
to you like those old pneumatic tubes? Well, actually, they still have them at banks. The 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 the, the pneumatic tube that carries your your check or deposit slip in from the drive through into the the teller and back. Well, that's it. They basically want to turn you into a deposit slip to be shunted back and forth between here and Rochester by vacuum. Vacuum uh, between here and Rochester and hypothetically in 15 minutes, which, by the way, if it sounds wacko, it is. I mean, people who come up with theories like to go big or go home. That's the part of being the the, the futurist and the and the and the entrepreneur and the and the innovator is coming up with ideas. And of and of your ten of your ideas, nine of them will probably be dismal failures, and then you get to a PayPal and a SpaceX and buying Twitter and building Tesla. Because Elon Musk was one of the people originally flogging this idea, about which he's been silent for quite some time. Now, let's just make sure we're clear on our terminology here. Let's go to the top of the tweet here. Civic leaders are seeking $2 million from the Met Council to study a possible hyperloop. Leaving aside the fact that the technology is bonkers, and one would suspect not a whole lot more energy efficient than, I don't know, a train or a car, one needs to ask himself, study what? Who is studying what here? Well, that's going to stay nice and vague, but let's let's call it what it is. Things like this, giving people money to study. What they're giving this to is $2 million to a consulting group that has curried sufficient favor with the DFL majority in the House and Senate to be given some seed money to get to work on, on the pet project. Emphasis on giving them money. It's a financial, that's a wealth transfer plan to transfer money from taxpayers to the political class, or at least those who are favored by our current political class. That's that's what this is. It's a wealth transfer. You can bet your life that somewhere in this, I'll say, engineering company, there is somewhere someone in management who's been uh, relentlessly kissing up to the DFL for quite some time here. Mark my words, it'll come out. Not from our media, but it'll come out. Thank you for tuning in. Jack Tomzak up next. God bless you all. God bless America. The Patriot is proud to air the Pledge of Allegiance every weekday morning at 7.30 a.m. Brought to you by Furniture Manor of Osseo. If you're a veteran, current service member, or first responder, we would like to honor your service by having you recite the pledge. Please call the Patriot today and we'll book a time for you to visit our Egan studio. Call 651-289-4410. Listen to Pledge of Allegiance weekdays at 7.30 a.m. Brought to you by Furniture Manor of Osseo on AM 1280, The Patriot. I was nine weeks along and didn't know what else to do. I felt helpless, and I didn't want to leave it up to her, but I didn't know what to do or say. I didn't know there were other options available. I didn't know it was a baby with a beating heart at 18 days. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard people. So often we get calls just like this from men and women seeking help and alternatives. Our 800 hotline connects callers to the services they need for pregnancy, adoption, as well as post-abortion assistance. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of confidential counseling or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out on the web, Pro-Life ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. ProLife Across America is educational, non-political, and tax deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. ProLife Across America.
What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Been putting off vacation plans because you can't bear to be away from this station? Great news. You can listen to this radio station whenever, wherever, and however you want. Just download the station's app on your Apple or Android device, and your smartphone becomes your radio. Prefer apps like TuneIn, iHeart, or Odyssey.com? You can find us there as well. Got a smart speaker like Amazon Echo or Google Home? Just say our name and ask it to play this station. Or listen from the radio station website on any device you'd like, even on vacation. We're always on Freedom 1570. AM 1280, The Patriot. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.